You can find me always on at the Stacey Harris on Twitter and pretty much everywhere else. Google that and you'll find me. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you guys hop into Twitter because I will be at YF Entrepreneur chatting with all of you at the hashtag YFE chat. So be sure to be chatting away with me. Corey says we need a show. I think we might need a show, Corey. Let's get together and work on that. Jen says we need to, we need a show too. I, that might be shenanigans. That's what we should call it. We should just call it shenanigans. All right, guys. It was super fun talking to you. Thanks for letting me do this. And I will see you guys all on Twitter during the show and forever and ever. Bye. So at the Stacey Harris is absolutely the coolest. Thank you so much to at the Stacey Harris, Stacey Harris of Hit The Mic Marketing for doing our pre-show. This is Jennifer Dotto. You're watching YFE Chat Live, the live show that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern here at yfelive.com. Tonight's show is with uh, a gin maker, actually. Very excited about that because last week we talked about, um, well, not last week, it was actually a couple weeks ago, we talked about marijuana. Super interesting, very controversial, like we talked about before, unsubscribes all over the place on the YFE mailing, but we were really talking about the industry, the business, the legal stuff behind all of it. So um, we're going to do the same tonight. We're going to be talking about the liquor industry, but this time with a Seattle native, um, we're going to bring in Holly Robinson of Captive Spirits Distillery. It's a distillery here in the Seattle area in Ballard to be specific. Very excited to talk to her. We're going to be talking about opportunities in the liquor industry. Um, problems that they're having and also of course cocktails because tonight is the cocktail kind of night so stick around through the entire 30 minutes and use the hashtag YFE chat I'll be on there also on the chat ask your questions call in we also have the call in line at 8 8 um, I'll give it to you after the break so I'll see you on the flip side <laughs> Dono <laughs> with YFE Chat Live. Again, um, the, the show that happens every Thursday night at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at YFELive.com. Our replays are available at YouTube at youtube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur and on iTunes. If you just do a search for um, Young Female Entrepreneurs, will pop up. Make sure that you subscribe, like, share, all that fun stuff. Tonight's episode is about the liquor industry. And we're bringing on um, Holly Robinson of Captive Spirits. And she's going to be talking to us about uh, the liquor industry and also about gin, cocktails, and everything in between. So I'm very excited about that. Tonight's episode is episode 70, and it's brought to you by a couple sponsors. The first one is Ovali TV. Ovali TV hosts and produces live video events built to meet your objective. Visit ovali.tv to request a free 30-minute consultation today to find out more about going live with your brand. And my MailChimp, and we've got the latest from YFE presented by MailChimp. MailChimp is the best way to design, send, and share email newsletters. You can get started today at MailChimp.com. And let me tell you, I can be very dangerous with MailChimp. If you've subscribed to YFE's the um, Mailed It uh, email newsletter, 
Um, I'm trying to be really good about not sending you an email every day, but every day I feel like emailing you guys and letting you know about cool things that are happening. Um, one of the things I've been interested in doing is doing a, um, a mailing out every, we used to do this when YFE a couple years ago. A couple years ago we did a, a weekly email out on Fridays that was like the links that we gathered that were informative that had to deal with um, young women, um, entrepreneurship, stuff that was happening like in politics and in business and like fun stuff and um, instead I've been sharing it over Twitter and Facebook and that kind of thing. So let me know if you're on chat if that's something that you're interested in. Oh, at Corey Freeman, thank you. You can email me all you want, Jen. Thank you. Um, that makes me feel better because I get very, um, I'm sure all of you guys do too. It's not just me. that You get very like worried about how much you email people. But anyway, let me know if that's something that you'd be interested in because we do. We gather a lot of links. We have people emailing us all the time with new product offers, etc. Um, so just let me know if that's something you'd like. So apart from um, the mailed it list, which you haven't, if you haven't signed up yet, go to yfe.me slash mailed it. Sign up for email list so I can send you emails. Um, and tonight's uh, show is all about liquor, like we were saying. If you're on Instagram, make sure you take a picture of the cocktail that you're drinking, whether it's wine, a cocktail, etc. YFE chat, I know you guys like your cocktails, which I do too. So um, would love to see what you're drinking. Uh, tag it with YFE chat. So tonight's Holly Robinson, if you're drinking a cocktail, if you're in the Seattle area and you're actually drinking one with Big Gin, which is the, the cocktail or the liquor that we're going to be talking about um, with Captive Spirits, then you get bonus points. <laughs> so um, at the end of this, I'm sure all of you are going to be asking your bartender and your local liquor store to be, to be stocking it. So it'll be really fun. Um, but back to getting uh, what's going on recently with YFE, we've had um, Kristen Runvik um, at Kristen Runvik. She recently attended World Domination Summit, which I know a lot of you guys did. And so I've been on Instagramming, following you, and you're all just, you're also inspired after the conference. It's a conference that Kiss, Chris uh, Gillibo, um presented down in Portland, which is just south of here. We're in the Seattle area. Um, he actually wrote a hundred dollar startup, and um, uh, she gave us the the three takeaways. There's a video of her with no audio. You could play over it too, Kristen. Um, really, really cool of her to record that for us. And so three takeaways, which anyone can really apply at any conference, which is really cool. Like my first, my favorite one is the her first point, which is just go up and talk to people. Don't like everyone feels uncomfortable when you do that first weird introduction. Um, so definitely check that out. And then also, another thing that we did was last week, YFE Vegas Tech, Jacqueline Jensen of at Jackie M. Jensen. She's TicketCake.com, COO, and she also produces the downtown podcast down there in Las Vegas. She recorded, there's another video of Jackie. Um, no audio. No audio, yeah, there's no audio on it. Um, if you guys can check out, both of them are on our YouTube channel at YouTube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur. Both fantastic resources. So Jacqueline brought in um, at Mean Krista, and they were talking about the the idea of failing forward. It was a really interesting talk between the two of them. So check it out again at youtube.com forward slash YF Entrepreneur. Like, share, comment, all that fun stuff. Um, so just a quick shout out to everyone that's on the chat. Thank you so much for showing up live. And a big, again, thank you to at the Stacey Harris. She's at hitthemicmarketing.com. She just launched a, um, a pre-sale of a product for Facebook marketing that's coming out. 
and I am always, and I feel like I'm pretty up in all this stuff, but Facebook still confuses me because it's constantly changing. So um, hopefully you guys can check that out at hitthemikemarketing.com. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about our guest, right? really excited to bring her on. So Holly Robinson. Holly Robinson is a marketing and events director behind Captive Spirits. Um, She's expected to articulate the Captive Spirits brand image. The team leans on her for brand development, community outreach, marketing events, and the occasional tiebreaker. When she's not hawking booze, I love her bio. (laughs) You can usually find her in the garden or kitchen, cooking, baking, concocting shrubs and tonics fit to pour with big gin. So I'm really excited. Holly, thank you so much for being on the live show tonight. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. All right. So let's go ahead and get down to business. What is Captive Spirits? What do you guys do? um, And what's your role within it? Uh, Captive Spirits is just our little gin company. Um... Uh, my husband and fiance for the past two years and we've been together for quite a while before that um, we started with a dear friend Todd Liebman and his girlfriend Erica um, the four of us kind of got together and the gents really uh, kind of had a force behind it to start off with and um, I had a little bit of marketing and background knowledge in uh, promotion and um, we just put this together about a year and a half ago. Um, we've been out a little a little under a year and a half now, and um, we focus in making gin. I love it. I So let's talk about gin really fast before we get into the questions about the liquor industry, because I feel like gin, um, so my favorite gin is, and I don't know anything else actually to do with gin. So uh, gin and tonic is like my go-to summer drink. And someone recently said to add in, um, basil and cucumber into gin. So, what's the what's the big deal with gin? Where does it like where does the background come from? Because I've read a couple things about your husband and his and his um, his background in gin. Why gin? You know, um, it had a lot to do with our business plan and how we could structure our company and survive. Um, we didn't have the capital to do a whiskey distillery, which costs quite a bit of money. Um, and gin just fit really well. It was something that all four of us really enjoyed drinking. We had a passion about. Um, and we also kind of noticed there was something missing in, in the market in Washington State in particular um, with local spirits that we wanted to kind of fill. Um, and that was back when we opened it. There's, I mean, there's so many new distilleries all the time. Um, well, and um, at NKK Steel or Dickey, uh, she's saying gin and grapefruit juice. Uh, greyhounds equals delicious. Gin and grapefruit is amazing. Gin and ginger ale is one of our favorites. Oh, that sounds good. Uh, gin is just a refreshing uh, drink, I feel like, in the summertime. But um, the whiskey piece, we'll get to in a little bit because I've seen a number of young women that I've been posting on Instagram. They're whiskey tasting. And it's always yeah. like, since when was whiskey a women's drink? But it really has become a women's drink in the last like year or so, and you probably know more about it than I will. So we'll talk about that in a second. So before we get into that, let's talk about the, the micro distillery that you've started. So yep. is that is that the right term to use micro distillery? Um, it's definitely a small distillery. Our, 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 um, our pot still is only 100 gallons. So that's pretty small. And we small. have some pictures of that, if you can show it when she's talking. It's pretty crazy. I've never seen, I mean, I've done wine tours, you know, beer tours. I've never gone into a distillery to look at what that looks like. And it's like a scientific 
process. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's super fun. My husband does a lot of the distilling, and then um, we bring in a lot of friends to help us um, do the bottling and labeling and that sort of thing. And um, as you know, when we need to do tastings and R and D on cocktail recipes and that sort of thing, we um, definitely lean on friends and. Um, their input is really important to us in our company. I love it. And I I feel like when I look through the pictures and your social media updates, it is, it's a family affair. And I followed you guys for the <laughs> sure. last couple of years. I read an article somewhere about you and started following you. And, um, and it's just been really cool to watch the progress. But Thank you. as far as getting started, and like you were saying, you're a distillery, you've got these big gallon, you know, big things that bring all of this together. It's a warehouse type of environment, yet you have to do tastings. I don't know if you're doing tastings now, actually. So how, what kind of challenges were present in creating a business like this? Um, there were several. We don't actually do tastings, um, which kind of goes into what kind of distillery we are. We opted for a distillery license instead of a craft distillery license. It gave us more flexibility with the products that we use. Um, we wanted to create uh, an English dry gin that 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 represented what gin tastes like. You know, as much as those cucumber and basil and the super fruit forward gins are lovely, we all really enjoyed a really great gin, and we wanted to create a domestic alternative. And so that's kind of what we did with Big Gin. Nice. Uh, well, let's talk about that then. Is is the is the um, the future of of Big Gin the product that you have currently? Is that something that you that you plan on keeping small? Because if we see in these pictures, um, you're doing you know you're it's by hand. You, like you said, you have your friends and family bottling it. You you see yourself with the red uh, sharp the red sharpie like marking yeah. the, the batch and everything is this something that you plan to bring across the u.s or do you want to really keep within like the northwest as like the the home territory well in order for us to make a profit on it you really have to expand and we thought about that when we were developing our business plan and how we wanted to grow and we want to grow very s slowly you know we've been open for a year and a half and we're in about three states at this point um, and the but, three states being Washington, Oregon, and North Dakota? Uh, we're in Washington, uh, North Dakota, and actually Illinois. Oh, wow. Congratulations. That's a big deal. Thank you. And we just actually shipped our first pallet internationally a few days ago up to Vancouver, BC. Oh, how fun. So apart from, so going back to the challenges, if whenever you expand into another state, does that mean more licensing? Um, what does that look like? Yes. Um, lots more licensing, lots more um, red tape and tax work, and um, it gets a little more complicated for Todd, who does a lot of our paperwork, and um, it it gets a little more complicated. We have to reach out to distributors. Um, we have to build relationships in other states. Uh, without that, since we're not present, um, and we are from Washington, we're not from we're not the home the home state distillery, which a lot of states have now, uh, we have to go and travel and build those relationships and market correctly. Right. So um, now what, I think it, it's, it's been your, your husband that's going into North Dakota, right, for an event? 
Yeah, he's taking Stella over there for a week, so. And Stella is your? Our two-year-old daughter. Oh, my gosh. That is the cutest thing. So there's a picture. I don't know if you can find it. Um, there's a picture of him holding your daughter and, and working. And I just thought this like, the ultimate American dream kind of a thing. You're working with <laughs> friends and family. And you're just making it work. You're trying to realize your dream no matter what. And I thought that was really cool. So, um. Now let's get into some of the the more YFE type opportunities part of this because sure. you guys are working your your behinds off trying to get the the gin into all these other states. Um, but with that, there's I feel like there's opportunities for young women, whether it's with your gin product or any other liquor out there for for marketing, etc. So if people want to work with a liquor company, what kinds of of um, of things do they need to think about? For example, your website. If you click over to CaptiveSpiritsDistilling.com, it asks people, are you 21 and under? So you being the marketing director, what kind of things do you have to think about when you're marketing a, a liquor product? Um, well, you can think about a lot of different things. If you want to be a responsible marketer, you think of uh, the demographic that you want to reach. Um, you know, you look at the price point of your product and you have to make it accessible to people. Um, for us, it's really about doing events and getting our faces out there so we can talk about our product um, knowledgeably. And now the events that you do, because you're a marketing director, um, marketing and events director. So is, um, is, are the events things that you actually plan and put forward, invite people out to, or do you partner with um, the bars or the, the store that the retailer that's selling it or other events? What do the events look like for you? We do a lot of partnerships, a ton of partnerships. Um, the few outstanding in a field dinners we did the past two nights, um, we partnered with Anna Wallace from the Walrus and Carpenter, and she used our gin in this amazing salary soda cocktail she did. Um, we've partnered with um, Andy McClellan. He was at the Golden Beetle for a little while and uh, just moved up to La Zinc and did a cocktail class with him, which was amazing. Um, just a lot of local... A lot of local bartenders really help us out. A lot of local businesses. Um, we did an event with Peter Miller Design, which he was awesome. Um, people just take a shining to the gin, and, and we kind of partner with them and see what works best for the for the both of us. We really want to make sure it's a mutually beneficial and a good partnership. Well, and on social media, you are are you doing the Facebook and tweets? Yes. I love your Facebook page. And <laughs> whenever you um, are available at a new a new bar or a new restaurant, I've seen a few photos where the, the proprietor will shake the hand of of Ben and hand him a check, I think. We were trying to do that more awesome. when it was a little bit smaller. And now it's kind of out of control and we can't keep up. But yeah. if there's photos out there that people have, we definitely want to see them because it just was... makes it makes our hearts happy. <laughs> yeah, it's such a smart you guys as far as images go and capturing just fitting your brand. I think it's you've done a fantastic job, and I think it's a lot of marketers can look to you as a role model as far as marketing and liquor um, because you've really yeah you've made it a family. It just feels like a family affair, nice quality gin too. And on that note, um, at Corey Freeman who is going to be 21 soon, so I feel like we should be as responsible marketers, um, say something along the lines of drink responsibly, don't drink if you're if it's illegal, that kind of a thing. But um, she's asking, would she like gin? 
Um, and at the Stacey Harris is saying, if it was a quality gin, I suspect you would. So the thing about big gin is that it's, you guys have gone to great lengths to make sure it is a quality gin. Can you talk about what the ingredients that are in it? Yeah, definitely. We really stick towards the, the common gin uh, compound. So you have your really juniper forward, um, cassia, uh, Angelica is kind of the binding agent of it all. Uh, gin really has, you know, a, a, a unique build, botanical build to it. And we stuck towards the pretty traditional. We added a couple little fun things in to give it a unique boost. Um, and we definitely ramped up the juniper because that was something we felt really like it needed to have. <laughs> So, um, and at the Stacey Harris is, is bringing us a question from Nikki Steele. What do, what do you do with your work with botanicals? Um, you know, we source them from the U.S. particularly, but there are all sorts of botanical brokers. So um, San Francisco Herb Company is one, and there's also a company out of the Bronx that we work with quite a bit. Um, and they basically find the best ingredients for us around the world. Um, and they're kind of the, the middlemen in that. Um, Albania has great, has great juniper, for instance. The juniper here in Washington State is pretty mild. It wouldn't make a really bright gin, um, so we don't use that. Um, we definitely get batches of botanicals in, and we say these aren't good enough, and we have to send them back and, and, and get some different, different bags. <laughs> so with that in mind, as far as finding uh, those vendors, the people that you buy, you purchase your botanicals from, is that something that you guys had to travel to? How did you, what, where did you even know how to do that? <laughs> we just kind of taught ourselves. Um, you know, when you're, getting, when you're getting products that aren't very good, um, well, what would happen is we would call the company, we'd request samples. Um, the samples would come. A few of the items were really bright, very strong, which we're always looking for, the fresh possible you can find, you know. And then we would order those botanicals from that particular company and then go in search of those other botanicals that were a little on the weak side that didn't really have the characteristics we were looking for. Um, we use Tasmanian pepperberry, and um, it needs to have a really intense heat to it. Sometimes you get berries that are a little on the dried outside. Um, so, so now, it's just kind of going back and forth. In the meantime, are you, I mean, there's a picture of, of your husband having like a small tasting glass. And I think you went through how many batches before you found one that was like, this is the big gin? We went through a lot. Um, we basically did a blind tasting with like 50 of our friends that are in the restaurant and bar oh, industry. <laughs> and had them rate. Um, we put our four favorite gins in the mix with... Um, a ton of really amazing gins, both local and, nas and uh, national and then also international. Um, so like Tangeray was in there and Beefeater was in there. Seagram's gin was in there, you know, and then local guys were in there as well. And they kind of rated the flavors that they liked out of them, what they liked best. And this one particular batch kept coming in the top three of everyone's favorites. And so we kind of that that might be the one. So how did you get your friends to come out? I, I, this is a silly question for like. It was really hard. <laughs> but I mean, we hear this a lot. We bring in people that are in the tech industry and they say, oh, you know, this is the best way to, to get your, your minimum viable product basically is saying that, you know, this is the one that you should go to market with. And they say you have to talk directly to a customer, bring them in and have them try it out and watch them try it out. How did you, 
again, it's probably a stupid question, but how did you get them well, to come and do a taste test for you? I mean, it probably was a little easier for us than most tech industries, but, yeah. um, you know, we invited people that we really respect. Um, Eric Tanaka from Tom Douglas was one of wow. the, one of the folks that came in and, um, no, well on that, my, oh gosh, I don't want to interrupt you. So keep going. Oh, I'll you're good. It. <laughs> um, but you know, these people would come in, our friends would come in and they would bring a person or two that really didn't know us or have any interest in flattering us, you know. Um, and that's what we wanted. We wanted people that were going to give us their honest opinion because we didn't want to take something to market that it was just our friends being like, oh, man, this is delicious, you know. Um, we wanted we wanted people to say, you know what, I would not drink that or I would drink it or that one tastes like bubble gum, that one tastes like, you know. So we had a lot of people say, oh, I'm not a big gin drinker, but they would drink all of them and they would pull these different tasting notes out, which was incredible to me. <laughs> um, but it was the general, you know, it's the general public, which is, that's our, that's our audience. So now you mentioned Tom Douglas, which is like I was saying, it's a revered name in Seattle. People hear that name and you think, oh my goodness, you're in a, you're in Tom Douglas, right? Are you in all of his restaurants or? We're in, we're in, I can, I'm pretty sure I can safely say that we're in most, most of his restaurants, if not all of them. Yeah. How did, how did that work out? What was the process like to actually get into restaurants? You know, you talk about Tom Douglas. There's a host of other restaurants and bars. You're in, um, is it the Liberty in Seattle? The Liberty um, Bar, yeah. Yeah, a lot of, and that, Andrew and that, Friedman is amazing in the bar industry in Seattle and what he's done for the Bartenders Guild. We have a ton of respect for him. Yeah, so I mean, you're in a very, a number of restaurants that are highly respected. How did you get those, how did you get into them? Um, you know, it was a lot about relationships of being in restaurants to begin with. I had worked for Tom um, at Lola for three years. And so a lot of the folks that I waited tables with, um, you know, four years ago, they're all in management roles now. And so when we came around and said, hey, you know, try our gin, of course, they all want, want it, you know. Right. Um, and then just Ben, my husband, uh, worked for Kings for a long time and a lot of great connections there and just different people that have, that have kind of fingered their way through Seattle into different bars and restaurants. And, um, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot about connections and it's a lot about just letting people have a bottle here and there and letting them try it and just check it out on their own without you sitting there watching them and, <laughs> you know, um, that, no, that's are, that's really helped us a lot. Those are good points. Now, I mean, with that in mind, so you were in your you and your husband were both in the in the restaurant industry, and your husband has this background in in the distilling process. How did you get started in the beginning in terms of capital and hardware and all the stuff that you need? Because it's not just like opening up, you know, an online business. There's a it's a lot of money to put that kind of a thing together. So, what did Definitely. that look like? You know, I can't take a ton of credit for that part. Um, Ben and I were dating casually and I decided to move to, to Portland. And, uh, so I was living in Portland and he was up here while we were dating and him and Todd worked really hard on their business plan and trying to develop, um, they developed a million dollar business plan basically where they needed to find a million dollars to open up. And it was right when the economy was not doing so well and it just started to kind of keep, keep lessening in, uh, thrilling folks. Um, so they kind of stepped back a little bit and reevaluated what was going on. And, um, at that point I moved back up here and, um, we all kind of 
had a little bit of a hand in, in developing a business plan that was much smaller and could be a little more sustainable, um, where when you're selling 10 bottles, that 10 bottle sales goes back into the company and that kind of buys the next 10 bottles. I mean, as a very small example. No, I think, so it was a, a bootstrapped company at the beginning, or is that Definitely. safe to say? Okay, so you didn't, ac- you didn't actually go out and fundraise or anything like that? It was all kind of from your savings and? Um, there was a little bit of, of both uh, Ben and I and, and Todd, and then um, Ben has a great friend who is amazing, and he ended up financing um, a large part of the company um, a little bit at a time. And then as he but that was as you got started, right? As we got started, yeah. Um, He committed. He committed at at entry level, um, and because of him, we got off the ground. And then as we've grown over the past year and a half, he's definitely helped out more. And and is um, he involved um, past the financial? um, You don't have to talk about this if you don't want to. But is he involved? Do you have to listen to his input? That type of a thing? No, not really. He's. Just a really cool guy. He's an inventor. That is a cool guy. <laughs> <laughs> there should be more of him out there. I know. He um, he has a really great company called Paha, um, and they, they finance small startups. And it's usually a little bit different than liquor companies, but he made an exception for us. <laughs> Very cool. And it, again, it, gives, it goes back to you talking about relationships, building those yeah. relationships, making sure uh-huh. that you're out there and talking about what it is that you love to do. So before we let you go, we were talking about whiskey yes. and uh, the idea that a number of young women are on Instagram uh, tagging whiskey, whiskey tastings, all that fun stuff. Is that something that you're interested in getting into when you expand? Are you, are you expanding into additional product lines? What does that look like, the future of it? Of you know, I personally lines? love whiskey. Um, and bourbon, and uh, it's not something that we really have a strong desire to get into. There's people that are doing it and that have been doing it in the Seattle area and in the U.S. for that matter for uh, for quite a while, you know. Um, right when the laws changed in Washington State in 2007, um, there's certain companies that got, got started. I know Woodenville Whiskey Company is going to have some amazing stuff, you know. Oh, I've um, been hearing amazing things about them. Westland, Westland Distillery is another great local uh, whiskey company. Um, and so it's a, it's a long process and you have to have very good investment and very patient investors. <laughs> I bet. So for the time being, you guys are sticking with gin then? We are definitely, we're sticking with gin. We have the bourbon barrel aged gin um, that we, we have in Washington State. We have a little bit over in Chicago right now um, in, in Illinois. Um, we'll see if North Dakota picks it up, but for now it's it's a pretty small production, and it just kind of is a little more rounded gin. They're aged in uh, used Kentucky bourbon barrels for six months, and wow. uh, that's kind of our that's kind of whole, our answer. The whole liquor process, whether it's wine, beer, whatever, you have to have a lot of patience, and it's the type of a person that would invest in a company like that. It's just interesting to think about it because it's not just you know the patience of making the money, but it's the patience of actually getting the product to market because you can't rush. A process like that so not at all yeah so Holly I really appreciate you being on so let's um before I let you go if I'm living in Arizona for example because I know a couple girls that are watching that are in Arizona if they wanted to buy Big Gin where could they buy it well ironically <laughs> we are in very intense negotiations with uh Young's in Arizona 
And so we should have big gin in Arizona very soon. Um, Currently, they cannot buy it because it's not on the shelf. But um, what they could do is get online and Binny's, it's B-I-N-N-Y-S.com, is out of Illinois and you can mail order through them. Oh, very nice. And so that's the one place that you can do a mail order. Yes. Okay. Very cool. We'll have to promote that on on the post too because it's fun. It's fun to have a company, you know, a brand. It's a it's a party, you know, a party favor kind of thing. It's some it spurs yes. some conversation. So I think that's fantastic, Holly. Thank you so much for joining us. Is there anything that you want to leave everyone with? Um, just that if you are interested in checking this out, we love people to come help us to bottle. You can uh, email us through the website. You can stop by by appointment if you send us an email or give us a call. Um, we can come down and sell bottles from you to you from the space. Um, awesome. But other than that, just just touching base with your bartenders and the places you buy alcohol and letting them know the products that you enjoy. That's how you get them there. <laughs> Smart. I think that's a great point. Before you know, our ending point is that if you like a product, tell the people that actually sell the products that you want it in there because they listen to you. They do. And they don't get a lot of feedback. Right. So That's positive. Yes, exactly. So Holly, thank you so much for joining us. And one more time, where's the website that we can find you at? Uh, We're at www.captivespiritsdistilling.com. Awesome. All right. Well, thank you, Holly. Thank you very much. All right, so we've just been listening to Holly Robinson of Captive Spirits, uh, and she, again, awesome. Just She's founded this company alongside her husband and friends and family, and it's just an incredible a cr- incredible backstory and just, um, I don't know, it's always fun to hear about new industries, people doing different things, and the work that needs to be put into them, finding different opportunities, ways to solve their problems, etc. So hopefully you guys got, uh, gain something from it. It's been fun to read your chat for everyone that is um, watching live at yfelive.com. If you're watching the replay, make sure that you comment, you share with friends, subscribe to our channel, etc. This has been Jennifer Donna with Young Female Entrepreneurs. Hopefully you'll show up next Thursday again at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 Eastern at yfelive.com.